Welcome to the Uptown Parlay Podcast. This week we got Ace and the Harlem Sun. What's good, man? Ant is taking a break. I guess he uh he got a touch of the COVID nineteen. I don't know. Not feeling no, so well. I think I think he found out that Mac Jones was a starting quarterback in in New England, and he started getting Tom Brady fever. He started started feeling like Brady Brady's coming back. He's gonna he lost everything. All is lost again. Yeah, he got all the faith in the world, though, with Zach Wilson. So who knows? Uh, go Jets. I think he's on vacation this week or something. So who knows? Hopefully he's doing something fun. Um, we're going to be getting into college football this week. I'm covering the Big Ten and the Pac-12. And the Harlem Sun is covering, what, the ACC and the SEC? That's right. Two best conferences. Two conferences that won't. The two conferences that only take from other te- on the conferences. They don't mm-hmm. give. They don't give two other conferences. They just take from them. I'd, I'd beg the difference that the Big Ten is a little bit better. Pac-12 is clearly – actually, Pac-12 is behind the Big 12, except for the fact that the Big 12 may not exist in two years, so who knows? How many, how many Big Ten teams have won the, the college football championship so far? Uh, it's Ohio State. Yeah, just one. Just one. Yeah, but every year – hold on. Every year – they got to get one let's, in every year. No, but let's put it like this. There's three schools that go every year. Ohio State, Clemson, and Alabama. Right. So let's not pretend like, you know, anybody cares about, I don't know, Ole Miss or Arkansas or, you know. Right. There's, there's, Florida. no, there's no parity. We've already talked about this. There's no yeah. parity in the, in, in the national championship. Yeah, and the big team is what matters. They can play six games and still get in. That's how good they are. I mean, true. Michigan, Michigan, Michigan sucks, and we still talk about them. So that's mm-hmm. true. That's true. Well, we ain't talking about them today. I mean, well, you're talking about them. I'm not no, talking. I'm not. I'm not talking about Michigan. Mm-mm. All right. Well, mind. we're not talking about oh, you. You're covering the Big Ten today. Yeah, you're covering. Talking, you're covering Big Ten I'm games. Doing, I'm doing three games from the Big Ten and three games from the uh, Pac-12. All right. And one of those games crosses over, which is, I guess, part of their new alliance, their new scheduling alliance. Most of these games are on ABC and ESPN, so y'all can check them out whenever y'all feel like it, since they own all the rights in anyway. So, first up, we're doing Penn State versus Wisconsin. I think that's going to be on Fox at noon. Big game. Which day? Hmm? Which day? Uh, that's a good question. I don't know. I was looking up all these random stats on each team to actually be prepared. It's going to be on... Uh... <laughs> So so well prepared here. <laughs> I know. I don't know what day they're playing. I don't know. They're playing uh, September fourth, so that is Saturday. Saturday, yeah. Big Ten only plays on Saturday. Come on now. They got to go to school during the week. These kids are learning. <laughs> Hard to degree. The reason why they don't play in a national championship game because it's always on a Monday. <laughs> they got class. They can never beat Ohio State. That one. Oh, they got close, but who knows? That is true. You know. All right. The this is why Penn State's gonna lose. I'm just gonna say it off top. Um, they had to replace Trace McSorley from last year to this year. They have a redshirt freshman, uh, Sean Clifford. That's all you need to know. 
the team was not so great last year with uh, Sorley, and they lost Johan Dotson. I think he's coming back. They went four and five last year. They went four and five in twenty nineteen. No, they went four and five in twenty twenty. Somehow, they were one of the few uh, Big Ten teams that actually got in nine games. And oddly enough, Wisconsin is picked to win the Big Ten West as usual because they really don't have any other challenges out there outside of Iowa. Minnesota was okay last year. Purdue's going to be trash. Illinois is better than Nebraska, but I ain't saying much. And Northwestern is going to finish somewhere in the middle. Wisconsin was great last year, and they're going to be great again. They were in the Big 12. Uh, they were in the Big Ten championship game. They're going to be back again this year and expect them to beat the brakes of Penn State. Penn State's going to be prepared, but they're going to fold in the end. I'm going to take Wisconsin by a touchdown. That's an easy five-and-a-half cover. I'd probably take the under because it's probably going to be a low-scoring game. I think the over-under on this one is somewhere in the 50s. Just want to make sure. I think it's like 50s or low 60s, which is kind of unusual. But the Big Ten is kind of drag them out, slug them out kind of football. So, yeah, it's exactly 50, the over-under. And Penn State and, yeah, Wisconsin's uh, the favorite to win. Minus 230 on the money line. So, lay the points. I think they can beat them by a touchdown easy. No, nah, maybe Penn State can get Trace McSorley back. He got cut by the Ravens. <laughs> he ain't busy. Yeah, well, he's not a runner, <laughs> so I don't know why they even drafted him. If he no. Was, you know, it's unlucky for him that guys like Trubisky are still around in the league because it means guys like him don't get a chance. True. Maybe he well, can get picked up by the Pats. They need a, a second string. They do. I mean, I, I, I think – quarterback they had, you know. I think the Ravens are – He'd be on the roster. Who, uh, the Patriots? Yeah, they got one QB on the 53, man. They have Hoyer. They have Brian Hoyer. No, they cut Brian Hoyer. They did? They cut Hoyer. They cut Cam. They cut Stidham. They have one uh, quarterback. That's interesting. They want to, you know, give Mac Jones a lot of confidence. No one can replace Apparently. Literally. Apparently. Well, I mean, with with the with the ego with the ego like Nick Saban's and Bill Belichick's, we don't need more than one one person in the QB room. We really don't. That's all you need. And oh, and Josh McDaniels to throw them in, throw that in. Yeah. Why do we need backup backup quarterbacks, especially for a rookie? God forbid. That is true. You know. That is true. But Mac Jones looks like he's thirty six anyway, so it's fine. <laughs> he's only he's only twenty he's only twenty three on paper, twenty two on paper. Yeah. All right. Who do you – oh, are you going to be picking the Penn State-Wisconsin game or no? I am not picking any of your games because I didn't pay attention. I didn't, I didn't read up None on any of, of your games because I didn't read up on any of your games. So I, don't, I don't feel I have the, the, the luxury of doing so. Okay. Fair but, enough. But so whatever, whatever Ace says about his games, folks, just, just go ahead with him. I'll like, just agree with him. I'll just agree with him. Sad to say, but most of the country is kind of like – I'm taking most of the favorites except for a few later – Ohio State, Minnesota, we got coming up next. Um, they're also playing on Saturday. Shocking. Um, <laughs> they're playing in Minnesota. It's not going – oh, no, wait. They're playing tomorrow? They're playing today? No, they're playing tomorrow. They're playing on Thursday. The Big mm. Ten playing on a Thursday? What? On a school night? <laughs> How is this? Okay. Well – uh, Ohio State has six players returning on offense, five on defense, and they have 40 players returning, and they lost 24 players from the team that played in the national title game. And half of those guys are in the NFL still, including Justin Fields. But they have Chris Olave, and their receiving core is pretty deep. 
Minnesota lost most of their talent from last year. They got drafted. Richard Bateman is gone. Their quarterback is still coming back, who's kind of so-so. They're getting – Minnesota is getting 14 points at home. You get three and a half points just for being at home, meaning if they were playing in Ohio State, this would probably be minus 21 and a half. So I'm going to go with Ohio State here to kind of just wipe the floor with Minnesota off top. They're going to beat them by, I say, three, four touchdowns. Ohio State for the win. I'm with that. I mean, I, I did say I wasn't gonna, I wasn't gonna pick any of your picks, and I'm not going to. But um, I don't see a reason why Ohio State doesn't just completely murder them. They beat Clemson last year, which nobody thought that they could do. Yeah, and they really took it to them. And I'd like to point out that you know the players that are returning on defense, they got five starters on defense coming back, and a lot of juniors and sophomores that contributed. That didn't really get a chance to sign, you know, show out. But listen, every year they pretty much run like a hot knife through butter through the Big Ten. Now they did kind of stumble towards the end of the year, but I think they're going to be a little bit healthier. They're going to be a little bit more prepared. Their out of conference games that are easy for them aren't going to be until a little bit later in the year. So they open up with Minnesota, then they go to Oregon, then they can relax a little bit with Tulsa and then Akron. So they get a break and they get Akron and then Rutgers, who's in conference, but they're playing at Rutgers, at Minnesota. The toughest game on the road they have is Indiana. And then they get to go beat up Michigan in the big house, sad to say, at the end of the year. And yeah, Ohio State lay the 14 and a half. Bet this game early because it'll probably get bet up to about 16 points. And you don't want to have to extra give that extra two. Um, Indiana versus Iowa. Indiana is getting three points. I'm taking Indiana because I think they're going to break through here. And was it my Phil Steele's college football Bible? Indiana's pick to finish third. I think they're going to finish second in the East, right behind Ohio State and ahead of Michigan and Penn State, and way ahead of Rutgers, Maryland, and Michigan State. And I expect them to win this game. Uh, Iowa's probably going to be the second best team in the West, unless Illinois can really surprise us because they're kind of average at best. But uh, Indiana's returning a lot of their top players. They're returning their quarterback, Michael Penix. And he is a superstar. Kid really almost beat Ohio State last year, really kind of put the pressure on him. And they were barely able to hang on. Indiana's winning this game going away, and they're getting three points going into Iowa. I know they're tough in Kinnick Stadium, but after all the turmoil of players and everybody who left last year and everything they went through with that coach and the strength coach, you know, trying to literally tear people down and having them dudes throw up from like, uh, what's that, rhabdomyosis? Where they're like, mm-hmm. work out so much they start, their muscles start like eating. eating yeah, each eat, eats away at it. Yep. Yeah, it's crazy. So uh, I didn't know you could do that, honestly. Oh, like, why didn't that happen to Schwarzenegger, I guess? Oh. <laughs> uh, I guess curious. if you, well, it's the Roids. And he was well, then, then, then. Then we know what Illinois should be doing. That's then we know what this school should be doing. We know what should Iowa be, should be doing. Iowa should, should be doing. Coach. <laughs> <laughs> should be roiding up their up their talent. Clearly, um, he got paid one point six million dollars to go away, and somehow the head coach is still the head coach. So that's what that's how much Iowa cares about winning. So we'll see. Exactly. Um, Indiana <laughs> finally got good, and I think they're going to stay good. They were able to get some guys up from Florida and Alabama. So everybody that Alabama and Auburn don't get apparently is going to Indiana. So. Yeah, go uh, Hoosiers. They're now a football school. Who knew? And uh, what do we got up next? 
We got San Jose State visiting the USC Trojans. The Trojans was laying 14 points to the best team from the Mountain West last year who were returning essentially their entire team. I just want to get this correct. I think it's like 19 of 22 players are coming back. So hmm. If you guys actually got drafted, yeah, it's, it's something insane. It's 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 nuts. I don't think I've ever seen this before. So San Jose State is picked to finish tied for first in the West. They won the conference for the first time since 2012. Actually, had a winning record for the first time since 2012, and they beat Boise State for the championship in the Mountain West. Mm. They do lose? Yeah, they do. They they're only losing their two starting wide receivers. And they're having 19 starters come back from a team that went, I think it was nine and one. And they finished ranked for the first time, I don't know, in this century, in the 2000s, I want to say. Not, not even exaggerating. So, yeah. Um, USC clearly is going to be more talented than them. But San Jose State is playing for their lives. And they could upset them. They went seven and one last year. The only game they lost was in the bowl game. Six and zero in conference. 10 defensive starters coming back, nine on offense. So basically they have their whole team returning for their fifth year. They're bigger, stronger, just as fast, and they should be able to hang with USC for a while. USC keeps changing over at quarterback. JT Daniels left. They have another four or five-star player in there. I wouldn't be surprised if they win, but don't be surprised if San Jose State covers. Take San Jose State on the points, y'all. Don't be stupid. And that coach is about to get fired anyway, so who knows how much pressure he's under out there in uh, L.A. We'll focus on him. True. Yeah, Mac Jones is the only – Brian Hoare is signed to the practice squad. Mac Jones is the only QB currently on the Patriots 53. Wow, they actually – you could put old people like Brian Hoyer on the practice squad? He needs that check, baby. He can't retire I had a yet. shot. I had a shot. He got gambling debts, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> Clearly. Maybe he needs to listen to the podcast, so. We'll help them out. <laughs> Next up, we got BYU at Arizona. Arizona is at home. I think they're about to fire Herm Edwards, even though they keep winning. They had illegal practices in Arizona. Um, they were intimidating their own coaches and players into bringing kids onto campus while during the COVID lockdown. That's how hard they recruit out there in the desert. Now, I mean, here's the thing. Is, is anybody surprised that Herm is doing this? Like, is, any, is anybody surprised? Like, I don't think anybody's surprised. I don't, I, don't, I don't see why you'd be surprised that Herm's doing it. Herm does what Herm... You play to win the game, don't you? Don't, don't you play to win the game? <laughs> he used to play to win the game guy, yeah. I mean, that's that's his thing, right? So it doesn't really matter. Like, like To him, rules don't mean nothing if you don't win. You got to win, you know? If you ain't cheating, you're not trying. Exactly. He, he's, from the, he's from the Al Davis School of Hard Knocks, man. He's not... He's not just win, baby. He's win. not. He's not trying to hear any of that stuff. Rules. You talk about. That's why he went to Arizona because he figured nobody was going to watch him over there. He figured he was good. He figured Series nobody was going to pay attention to Indianapolis. They can't even see out here. <laughs> Come on, man. Eighteen hundred miles from Indiana. Oh man, nah, I love her, man. Her. He's a good coach. Kevin Mawai and a few of the rest of them. I think they. Yeah. Um, Who's the assistant head coach? Isn't it? It's the linebacker from the Giants. Antonio Pierce? Yeah. Antonio okay. Pierce is their assistant coach. Yeah, man. They got some, it's all NFL dudes. Like they're really preparing these guys to go to the pros. They have a really good quarterback. They have a couple of fast wide receivers from California. Um, 
I think Arizona getting 12 and a half against BYU. BYU is returning a lot of players from last year, but they don't have their quarterback. And, um, you know, as good as people say he is, like he kind of was that team. And the fact that they could almost lose to Coastal Carolina with him kind of lets me know that you're not going to beat Arizona as much as Arizona is going through it. The guys that are practicing illegally during COVID, clearly you see how seriously they're taking it. So, they should be good. They should be yeah. good. They've been practicing illegally. They should be good. Same in more than enough that. time. I thought the same thing with Nebraska, and we saw them get the beaks. <laughs> they they ended up losing to uh, whew, good God. They lost to they ended up losing to Illinois in Illinois, who's pretty awful. Yeah, no disrespect to them, but they're not good. So <laughs> we know this. But I just wanted to get the numbers on that real quick. Yeah, Arizona finished. Arizona State went two and two last year. Arizona went, I think it was like four and three or one and three. That's where everybody was kind of low on them. Not the Sun Devils, but the. Why am I? Oh, this thing was too damn long. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Yeah, Arizona is picked to finish last. But, oh, yeah, I'm sorry. I'm, Arizona State is where he's at, not even University of Arizona. I apologize. I'm all over the place. Yeah, he's this. Um... Oh, I thought you said Arizona State. No, I thought you did say Arizona State. Arizona State. Yeah. Okay. Arizona went. Arizona went. Yeah. Arizona went one and three last year. That's what it was. Arizona went one and three. I'm giving y'all. I was studying the wrong game. This is terrible. <laughs> I promise. When we get to my games, I've, I've paid attention to all of my games exclusively, so you guys can you know can believe in my picks. I had like nine fantasy drafts. Arizona State Wildcats. Yes. Thank you. Their first team, yeah, okay, I was correct. Their first team, yeah, they had a QB make the first team Pac-12 all last year. Yeah, Grant Gunnell, that's right. He's their dude. He's coming back. And Jake Plummer's son, Will Plummer. Thank you. He's going to be playing for them. And their starting quarterback is going to be Jordan McLeod. Thank you. They got a really young team, but also, once again, it's BYU. I have no faith in BYU. They're independent because they think they can make big money. They have eh, seven offensive starters, four on defense, so their whole defense is brand new. Arizona's bringing back most of their offense with eight eight offensive starters and nine, yeah, on defense. 43 people returning, and their offensive and defensive captains are coming back. I'm still sticking with my pick, even though I picked the wrong team initially. (laughs) Quarterback isn't as good as Arizona State's, so unfortunately they're going to lose that game, but they're going to win this one. I think they're going to win it outright. Yeah, that's right. So check check Arizona, especially at running back. They got this uh, redshirt freshman rookie, Jalen John. He is going to be crushing it. Oh, he's a true freshman, not even a redshirt. He's going to be crushing it for them. And they got a speedster out of California by the name of Jamari Joyner. Yes, Joyner. Same Southern California family, track family, I believe. So expect some speed on the outside from them. That's what I was on. All right. In the last game, we got Oregon State versus Purdue. Just on the strength, I didn't even have to study for this one. Purdue finished dead last last year. The only team that was worse than them in the Big Ten was Rutgers, which is all you need to know. They're returning all those players. They have one good player by the name of Drake Bell. David Is it Drake, Drake or David Bell? He's their star wide receiver. Their quarterback is pretty mediocre. Oregon State managed to beat Oregon last year. They're basically returning 
I don't know, 12 super seniors. They're returning like 18 players on their team. Even though they punched above their weight, the fact that that gave them confidence and they played all in conference games, I think they'll be able to go into West Lafayette, Indiana, and beat Purdue, getting seven points on the road. So I'm going to take Oregon State with the points. I'm taking Arizona State. All my Pac-12 picks are for the home team to not, or for the home team to cover. San Jose State is going to cover on the road. Arizona is going to cover at home. And Oregon State is going to be covering in West Lafayette. Purdue is pretty much the worst team in the Big 12, especially in the Big 12 West. The only team worse than them, I think, might be Nebraska, but we'll see them. We'll definitely get to see them play it out. So, yeah, take Oregon State. Go Beavers. I'm picking them to make a bowl game, too. I see them going six and six or seven and five this season. They okay. Get it done. Yeah. All right, Malik. I think you're picking Bama. Miami. We're, we're on to me. Oh, okay. Okay. Well, yeah. the first game, yes. The first game that I'm picking is a game that we, as a group, picked uh, a few weeks back. Uh, we recorded a, a, a pick of that game because it was one of the more intriguing games that we had seen on the slate. Um, but unfortunately, we never got a chance to actually release that episode. So I'm going to do it all over again. Uh, and that is the University of Alabama, Crimson Tide, playing against the Miami Hurricanes. Now, technically, Alabama's on the road, but this isn't a neutral site. It's the Mercedes-Benz Stadium in Atlanta, Georgia. So this is, tech- this is really a neutral site. It's a dome site um, where uh, Miami's going to have no advantage because they're not playing you know, in their um, <clears throat> In their glorious, uh, their their glorious backyard. Um, so Bama's currently favored by nineteen. Um, that's that's the line that we're seeing right now, nineteen and a half in some of those, some of the locations. And so here's why I'm going to tell you to pick the Miami Hurricanes. Oh wait, can I just say one thing? The quarterback, yes, the Oregon State, Oregon State uh, Beavers. Great name, by the way, Tristan Jebia. He got knocked out in 2019 out for the year and he was their starting quarterback he started the first four games that year when they started out pretty well that is why i'm leaning on them as well uh better quarterback more wins in college that's all you need to know go beavers <laughs> well after that rude interruption uh <laughs> why should you pick the miami hurricanes to cover the 19 i'm not saying they're gonna win but to cover the 19 points um number one first and foremost um Alabama has shown over the course of the last few years that they have had problems defending against mobile dual threat type quarterbacks. Enter Trevor, Trevor Lawrence, um, of course, Deshaun Watson. Um, hey, shit, uh, Johnny Manziel was <laughs> he gave them trouble when he was when he was uh, when he was playing. So um, this is an opportunity for Miami's quarterback, Derek King, uh, is coming back off of his ACL injury, which he suffered late last season, um, to come in and be that dual threat that Alabama defenses hate to chase, hate to have to chase, and hate to have to get after. So and he's also st- twenty-seven years old, I believe. <laughs> Um, and so, yeah, that, that, that level of, uh, experience and that type of quarterback has always given, you know, Alabama a rough time. Um, secondly, and of course, uh, this is Bryce Young, the new quarterback for Alabama. This is his first year, first opportunity starting assume that this Bama team is going to get better over the course of the year and probably get to the end of the season, something like 11 and one, 
uh, you know, and, and get to the playoff. But in the beginning, I would not be surprised if they started a little bit slow. Um, Alabama also, also lost a ton of talent as they, as they typically do to the NFL. And yes, they've replaced them with a bunch of, with, with a bunch of talent, but that means that that talent has to gel. It has to come together at some point in time. Um, and so just assume that that's going to be a little bit of a, there's going to be a little bit of a learning curve for them. And so for those primary reasons, honestly, um, we know what Bama is. You know, we know Bama is a big, strong team, uh, five-star players, NFL draft picks all over, all over the, all over the roster. And there is no reason that Miami should should win this game. But I think Miami's got a trick up their sleeves. I think they're going to be able to keep it close and cover the 19. So if I'm picking this game, I'm picking this game. Miami, and I'll take the over. I think there's, there's going to be a ton. There's going to be a good amount of scoring in this game. I'll take the over. But give me Miami to cover the 19 points. The over under is 61 and a half, and it's definitely going to hit the over. Yeah, I would definitely. say that's the safe for the two bets. But I'm going to take Miami with the 19 and a half as well because three things I want to point out. Alabama has eight starters returning on defense. Their defense isn't what won it for them last year. It was their offense. Right. So their defense may improve, but they didn't really stop Justin Fields because they did score 30 points. They beat them right. 62 to 30 in the championship game. Remember that. 62. 62 points. They have three players coming back on offense. Three. Yeah. Only this team- is like I said, this team is going to have – this team is going to have some growing pains figuring it, figuring it all out, getting that offense to come together. This, exactly. That was a team of that was a team of veteran offensive talents all up and down that all up and down that 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 roster. Yep. Um. Ex- again, expect them to three four year players exactly. Slowly, you know, bring it along. So the only team that lost more players that was in the college football playoff was Ohio State, and both of these teams have reloaded. Except Ohio State probably has a little bit better talent at QB, although the quarterback at Alabama is already getting a billion dollars apparently to endorse whatever booster in Tuscaloosa is giving him to endorse. Yeah. But, uh, they lost 21 players. Ohio state lost 24. So just keep that in mind when we're picking the hurricanes to return here and actually just cover, not win, just cover. Exactly. Exactly. All right. So the second game I'm picking is university of Georgia playing against Clemson. Again, another neutral, neutral site game. Uh, this will be played in Charlotte, North Carolina, so Georgia, unfortunately, was not even going to be allowed to play in the Mercedes-Benz Stadium, which would be their home stadium because Alabama's playing in that stadium, which is hilarious. Um, so they're going to be playing against Clemson in North Carolina, and they are getting three and a half points. Now, Kirby Smart is probably one of, you know, he's, he's you know, one of the handful of better coaches in, in, in college football. And as it, as it were, he's like literally not one of the things I read about this, about him is he's literally not uh, um, releasing his, his starting lineup, his depth chart. Like, no, he's not telling anybody anything uh, about who's starting, who's playing, and he's well within his right to do so. Um, But since it's an interesting concept here that he's, uh, that he's going with, because this is a, you know, this is, this is a huge game for the two of these teams right out the gate. I think this is a, you know, this is one of those games where, you know, I always wonder about whether or not it's better to play bigger games early, early on when nobody knows anything about you versus bigger games later on when, uh, you know, the committee can get together and, and really dissect and make decisions about it. I feel like the committee gets the, playing these games early in the season gives the committee an opportunity to, like, give you the benefit of the doubt if you get rocked. Um, so the fact that they're only, you know, three and a half point dogs here 
and they are, you know, you know, then they, they could they could potentially run the run the table after this, with the exception of probably the Alabama game. Um, you know, this is a really good opportunity for Georgia. That said, for this game, there's two streaks on the line, and this is a very interesting interesting stat. Um, the Georgia Bulldogs have not lost an opener, so I mean, they have not started zero and one in their season since 2013. Guess who they lost that game to? Clemson. Yeah, exactly. And but Clemson. Who was the quarterback of Clemson that year? I don't remember. Uh, 2013? Yeah, come on. That was a long time ago. Conversely, Clemson has won every single opener of theirs since 2014. And guess who they lost to in 2014? That's Georgia. right. Georgia. So this is a very interesting situation. Somebody's streak is going to die here. Somebody's streak is going to the wayside. Um, and so I think, I think the most interesting matchup between these two, these two teams is going to be Clemson's run defense. Clemson um, was, a, they were tops in college football last year, aver- averaging about 3.1 yards per carry. Um, that's what they gave up. And as we already know, Georgia has always been a stable of a school with a stable of running backs. Their rushing attack is always at the top of the top of the college football ranks. And so this is, that's what I'm going to be checking for. That's going to be the matchup I'm looking at. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and take Clemson to cover the three and a half. I think that's a, that's a low enough spread that um, it just makes sense for a Dabble Sweeney squad to be able to cover this. Um, I wish it was in Georgia because I think, I think the the home the home cooking and the home crowd would give the UGA the opportunity to, to to step up and get an upset here, but I'll go ahead and take Clemson. I'll give the three and a half, and uh, yeah, that's my pick. And just to catch y'all up, the last time they beat them, Taj Boyd was the quarterback, Sammy Watkins was a wide receiver, and Martavius Bryant was on the other side at wide receiver. Was it Taj Clemson. Boyd? I remember. I remember. Well, I remember. Yeah. Taj Boyd senior. Sammy season. Watkins is old. Sammy Watkins has only been in the NFL since 2014. How's that old? He's, this is his eighth year in the NFL. He's turning he's, 30. He's old. You, he's not as old as Tom I mean, Brady. Or is, no, he's the no, he's not. In Baltimore. That's about yeah, it. He, he's not. But I like Sammy Watkins. I remember Sammy Watkins. I remember when Sammy Watkins got drafted by Buffalo, mm-hmm. and it didn't. It, it it doesn't feel like it's that long ago. But now you're realizing it really was. It really was like eight, eight, eight years ago. It's crazy. Exactly eight years. Ago. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, it's interesting. All right, third third game. Or did you want to did you want to make a pick for that? Yeah, I'm taking Georgia. Okay, I'm taking Georgia because JT Daniels is a better quarterback. I think that's the reason why Georgia lost that game in 2013. Their defense is better. They have the number one, like probably third ranked defense in the country. Had they not had they not got their game canceled last year against Vanderbilt, they would have won the East and they would have played Alabama in the SEC title game instead of Florida. So I actually expect Georgia to win the SEC this year. So I expect Georgia to show why they're the best team right now off top. They're going to run. They're going to, I'm not going to say they're going to beat the brakes off of Clemson, but they're going to beat Clemson in a close game. They're going to beat Clemson in a close game and they're going to win this, especially at a neutral site field. They're going to show out and show up. Okay. We'll see. All right. Third game I'm picking Uh, LSU, my favorite team to root for in, in college football. Uh, goes to the West Coast to play against UCLA. Um, this game right now has LSU favored by three and a half as well. Um, 
I'm just going to go out. I'm going to flatly go out here and just say, take LSU on the money line. I don't want any parts of the three and a half. I think this is going to be a relatively close game, high scoring. Um, I do think LSU's defense has, has taken a step forward. Um, they have a new DC, Durante Jones, um, who's going to add some defense. Who's already going to add some, some new punch, some new energy to the defense. And of course they still have, my, my, in my opinion, the best cornerback in football, the best cornerback in college football and Derek Stingley. Um, so, and, and so I believe that, that, that the defense is going to play a little bit better this year and, you know, and, and rebound. This is also a team that lost what, like 14 starters uh, from their previous, uh, from their national championship season in 2019, went through all of the COVID stuff in 2020, I think the five and five team that you saw last year is a blip, was a blip on the radar. They have to show that it was a blip on the radar or else I think Coach O is, is going to be in a little bit of trouble here um, by the end of the season. And last but not least, UCLA is probably the only team that we got a chance. one of the only teams that we got a chance to actually see play already. Uh, they played Hawaii last week. And while they did win the game, their quarterback, uh, Dorian Thompson Robinson, did not play well. He played OK. He wasn't great. Um, uh, most of what, you know, uh, UCLA did was run, the, run, the, run the football, play good defense and stop Hawaii from scoring. And it was Hawaii. So, um, that to me tells me that LSU is the better team. I believe that, I believe they are the better team. Um, and I believe they're going to win the game outright, but again, I would just pick them against, I would pick them on the money line and I would not take, I would not take or give the points. Think on the money line. I can't remember what the what what the number is on the money line right now, but that's what I that's that's my bet. LSU on the money line at UCLA. You want me to look up the money line for that? Yeah, go ahead. I think uh, LSU is minus one forty five. The Bruins are plus one twenty five. Yeah, it's very tight because the Bruins are only getting three at home, and if they were really heavy favorites, they'd be getting seven and a half or at least the over under is sixty five. That's what I would take. I expect. I agreed. UCLA's defense was good against uh, Hawaii, but Hawaii wasn't very good the season before. Yep, um, agreed. I, I don't know. It's this team actually did what Chip Kelly wants to do with his teams. They were fast and they could run the ball whenever they wanted. But it's Hawaii, right? It's not Boise mm-hmm. State. It's not Nevada. It's not San Jose State. It's one of the worst teams in the Mountain West. Yep. And LSU was going on the road, and after a shaky last year um, for LSU, and you know some off-season stuff, but really nothing with the players that are currently there. I don't see why they can't be better. One thing I will say is I don't have much faith in LSU's offense. Now they should be better because they, their quarterback got hurt last year after three starts. So I'm leaning towards, I'm going to go with the over, but I, I'm going to pick a team. I'm going to take LSU and the over. All right, cool. Uh, game four for me is the UNC Tar Heels playing against the Virginia Tech Hokies. Um, I, I, I find some interest in this game. Obviously this is, you know, quarterback Sam Howell's uh, first game in his Heisman campaign. Um, and this is his opportunity to do it with an offense that's not going to resemble the talented group that he had last year. Um, remember, the UNC boasted last year, boasted the talents of Michael Carter, Javante Williams, uh, Deami Brown, and Des and Newsom, all of whom have gone into the NFL. So this this group that he's, he's, he's leading, that Sam Howell's leading, it's going to be a group of young up and up young up and coming players. Um, so it'll be interesting to see if he actually is able to carry this team as far as he needs to carry them uh, in order to supplant himself as the 
heads on as a, you know, the heads on favorite for, for the Heisman trophy. Um, another thing interesting about this game is UNC enters the season as a top 10 team mm-hmm. in the country. That hasn't happened. That doesn't happen very much. The last time they were the top, they were, they were ranked in the top 10 at the start of any season. I think it was basketball. Night, well, I'm talking about football particularly, oh. but the last time they did it in football was 1997. This Jesus. was a, this, this was the team. This was the team that had um, Greg Ellis, Dre Bly, uh, Ebenezer Ekubon, Jeff Saturday. Those are the, these are the names of guys that were on that team in 1997. When uh, this was before Peppers, this is pre Peppers. They never they were never a top ten team at the beginning of a season. Oh yeah, Peppers. that's right. He wasn't on yeah. the team until '98. Yeah. Um, so this was yeah, just a very interesting interesting number. Like seeing this UNC team kind of enter this era of you know having a you know bona fide um heisman trophy candidate as their as you know as the quarterback not they're going to be on some history. national yeah that I mean they're going to be on some national they're going to get some national highlight um national life uh and it's funny it's all because all you know while the basketball team seems to be a little bit skating skating a little bit towards towards mediocrity so i mean first time they missed the NCAA tournament in what like 30 years yeah Right, exactly. It's another football. The football program is going up. So since I was like in diapers, I think. <laughs> um, so yeah, this is a, a good opportunity for them to make some make some noise against a Virginia Tech team that, to me, is not ready for this. You know, not ready for this moment. Um, UNC is giving six, so I'll go ahead and take the six. Uh, and I'm sorry, yeah, I'll go ahead and give the six and uh, and pick UNC to cover. And I'll take the over here because I think it's going to be a decently high, high decently scoring game uh, on both sides. I'm not even picking. I'm not even following this conference that closely, but I'm trying to understand why this is only six points. I'm guessing it's because Virginia Tech is at home. Yeah. Um, I don't really see any other reason for it. In the ACC last year, Virginia Tech didn't play great. They're kind of a middle of the road team. No disrespect to them, but they're going to finish third or fourth in the Coastal. Uh, they're in the same division as North Carolina, so this game means a lot. And it's either going to be North Carolina or Miami winning this division to face Clemson in the, um, you know, the ACC title. In the game. ACC title, yeah, yep, so exactly. I expect North Carolina to put them away quick. And you know, it's it used to be hard to play in Virginia Tech, but Justin Fuentes, their head coach, has not got them prepared. Last year they played all right, um, and they have you know a lot of the highest rated units in the conference. So expect. This is probably my lock of the week. Let me put it like that. UNC is going to win this game. I'm betting this one for UNC to win. All right. He's betting this one for me. So that's great. <laughs> um, last but not least, uh, before we roll up out of here, the last game that I'm looking at, just look, looking at this weekend is Louisville versus Ole Miss. And why am I looking at this game? Not because it's going to be a really competitive. I think it's going to be actually, no, I take that back. I think it's going to be a competitive game. I think there's going to be a lot of points scored in this game. Oh, yeah. I don't think any defense is getting played. I think this is going to fl- this is going to flow somewhere around 55, 48, something like that. Um, I think Ole Miss is going to win, uh, and so I'm not you know picking uh, Ole Miss. I believe is a seven point favorite right now over this. Yeah, they're, they're seven point favorites over Louisville. Uh, I don't think Ole Miss is going to lose this game, but I am really interested in seeing what Malik Cunningham is going to do. Louisville's quarterback. Did you know last season, mm. 
Malik Cunningham finished third in total touchdowns, rushing and passing in the entire country. No. Only two quarterbacks were in front of him. Who? Uh, Sam Eilinger from um, Texas. Texas. Who just got cut from the NFL. Who just got cut in the NFL. Yep. And number one overall pick, Trevor Lawrence. That's mm-hmm. it. This kid is, I mean, I don't know if he's, I, I don't know if he's. You do um, realize that every every uh, quarterback in the Big Ten or every player in the Big Ten only played at most seven, eight games. Yeah, that's fine. I don't care about that. Okay. The, the, <laughs> I don't care about it. It was a COVID year. Okay. But I'm, what I'm saying is I think this kid from a college standpoint, I don't think, I don't know that he, I don't know that he makes the NFL. I don't, I'm not, I don't, I don't know that he ever gets to play on Sundays from a college standpoint. This kid is fun to watch. I really do enjoy watching him. I saw him to two or three games with him last year and he pops on the, on, on, on the camera, on the screen. Um, the other reason why, the, but the main reason why I think that Ole Miss is going to win this game mm. is, uh, if their quarterback, Matt, Matt Coral, just doesn't throw an interception, they win the games. <laughs> like more often than not. They're they're seven and two. In his 14 starts, they're seven and two when he doesn't throw a pick. They're 0 and five when he throws even one. Okay. <laughs> okay. It means if he just throws one interception, they're damn sure gonna lose this game. Um, but the good thing is Louisville finished like second to last in turnover differential. So this is not a team that turns you over, and Ole Miss, and although Ole Miss's quarterback is prone to throwing to throwing turnovers, this team doesn't actually catch them. So, um, Ole Miss should be able to win this game outright. Uh, again, it's minus seven, so I'll take Ole Miss, and I'm going hard at the over. I think that's the to me that's the best bet. Go with the over because this team, this game is going to go really high scoring. You know, the this is the only game that's being played on on Monday. The over-under for this game is 75 and a half. You do realize that. Yeah, take it. Take it. So you're, you're telling it. me th- these teams are going to combine to score 76 plus points. For, look, I'm 44. On look, Labor Day. I can, I can e- yeah, on Labor Day. I can easily see this game going something like 55-45. I can easily see that happen. All right. I mean, I can't see Louisville putting up that many points because they – I can see Ole Miss putting up that eight points. Ole Miss's goal last year was like, Lane Kiffin was like, we're not going to win, but we're going to score a lot. And <laughs> the fans are going to be happy with that. We're going to score a lot. We're going to get to a bowl game because Ole Miss don't usually do both of those things. And they scored a lot. <laughs> they won the Egg Bowl. And, uh, yeah, they're going to drop some points on Louisville. I'm, try- I'm trying to figure out how they're playing at home. Ole Miss is at home, and they're only giving 10. To a team that was eh, so so last year. No, they were not good. Louisville was not good last year, and they're kind of counting on beating the, the bottom teams in their division in the Coastal. No, they play in the same division as um, they play in the Atlantic, so they play in the same division as Clemson. So nobody expects them to challenge Clemson. And the last time they were ranked, they had a little guy, former NFL MVP, by the name of uh, Lamar Jackson. Mm-hmm. So I don't expect them to be that good. I don't expect them to be. They're not going to be as bad as when they had Bobby Petrino either. So. I'm, I got Louisville winning four games. Ole Miss might actually win eight, nine games this year. So if you're in Oxford, Mississippi, get to celebrate. Break out the 30 rack because y'all <laughs> going to have a lot, a lot to toast to. And that is all from me for this week, guys, in, in college. All right. If y'all want to hear more from us, follow us on Twitter at the Uptown Parlay. Follow us on IG at the Uptown Parlay podcast. And 
we will be posting some of our picks and doing more stuff on Patreon this year, especially for the NFL games. So all of the nationally televised games for the Thursday night, the Monday night, the Sunday night games, any holiday games, so like the Thanksgiving games, those are all going to be on our Patreon. So please come and subscribe. It's not going to be too much. And if you really want to win some money this year, come follow along with us. And we'll be tracking everything and posting um, our records on our blog. And you can listen to it here live every Thursday or tape delayed, I should say, every Thursday. And we'll be going on our Patreon as much as possible. So please find us there at Uptown Parlay Podcast. And fantasy sports. We're going to do some fantasy sports stuff, too, this year. I, I'm, I'm calling oh, it. Oh, we are? You're going to be doing daily fantasy? It. Not daily. Well, maybe I should do some. Da- I could do some daily stuff. I could do some daily stuff. I mean, because for could. NFL, it's like you just got to pick that week. Yeah. And usually when you do the Thursday game, it's kind of tough to do the Thursday to the Monday because when you try to take every single possible game over the extra week this season. Yeah. Oh, man. Like in the Thursday games last year were terrible. Yeah. It was a lot of like 17, 10 games. Like they were all blowouts. Yeah. I'll so definitely remember. I'll definitely do some more. I'll definitely do some more playing on FanDuel, checking out, checking out some daily lineups and giving you guys some lineups that you could potentially play with some players, some best ball players that you can potentially look at, look into for, uh, for fantasy, for fantasy games. And, and hopefully Anthony gets into that too. He's a huge, he's a huge fantasy guy. So he can, uh, he can definitely offer his thoughts there when he comes back from his uh, Mac Jones hiatus. And as you guys know from me, I'll be picking a lot of the college games this year. Um, me and me and Malik have kind of split up the conferences. Anthony was supposed to be doing the Big 12, and I think it was the AAC and the Mountain West or whichever one he was going to go with. I think it was the Mountain West because he's a big Boise State fan. But yep. um, I have invested again this year in Phil Steele's college football preview for 2021. So I've literally been reading this for the past week while I was on vacation in Martha's Vineyard. Sitting Look at beach. you. Look yeah. at you, money man. Mm-hmm. I didn't yeah, make yeah. it to the Obama. Well, I got disinvited from the uh, party at the Obama, so I had to do something with my spare time. Oh, of course, that's so right. I, I sat there and I read this uh, all 380 pages of it. Although I didn't remember which days some of the games were on, but that's not important. <laughs> What's important is I remember the stats and the reason why I'm betting what I'm betting. Yeah. So you in know. the midst of in the midst of Puffy's white party next week, you know, <laughs> he's gonna he's gonna find he's gonna find a way to put this podcast up you know for all the little folks out there so oh yeah definitely <laughs> and you'll be getting some choice games from my uh, buffalo bulls who's jared patterson has made it to the league should have been drafted but you know who's keeping track except me and him that's all <laughs> the chip on his shoulder <laughs> did so he, he make made, a team yeah he's on the, he's on the washington football team so he, he made the 53 he made the 53 he's gonna be nice nice, back. nice he's probably gonna do some punt returns as well my man killed it through the preseason like I showed, didn't see, I didn't see what he did. I didn't. I honestly didn't. Because the games were coming on so sporadically, and they kept replaying everything on the NFL Network. I caught two of them, and he actually scored a bunch. His first game was against the Pats, so I watched that appear on local TV, and I saw him just tear up the Patriots for like two touchdowns. He was catching passes out of the backfield, something he didn't get a chance to do in Buffalo. Like somebody who could score seven, eight touchdowns in a game and run for seven hundred yards, almost eight hundred yards. I mean, how could you not put him on the team? Well, I mean, you, I mean, you're not. you because he's tiny. He's was, so small, dude. So it's was Darren, So was Darren Sproles. He is. That they, he, that's who he reminds me of. That's who a bit who he reminds me of. I hope he. I know. I, I really do hope he gets yeah. an opportunity to to shine there. If he can um, his pass catching, like he's really going to become a star. Yeah, Probably I mean, and he's some Matt conference games, some Sun Belt games, all the teams that are ranked. 
every year in college football, I like to root for chaos. So uh, here's to all the Power Five teams losing at least one, two games, and here's to Cincinnati running the table and getting into the get into the playoff. Let's do it. And I hope my Buffalo Bulls finally get ranked. Hope they beat the brakes off Nebraska, and I hope they run the table and beat uh, Coastal Carolina too. Sorry for y'all down there in South Carolina. You're only going to have one team to root for this year, and that'll be Clemson. So you better pack it <laughs> in early. Week three, y'all coming to Buffalo. It ain't going to happen. So I'm already I'm already putting that out there. Putting that into the world, huh? All right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sounds good. Yeah, come find me. Anyways, uh, yeah, shout-outs. Yeah. Well, you can go first. I don't have I, – I, you, you can go first with yours. I got a few. I, I'd like to give a shout out to uh, Bishop Sycamore. That was mine. Go find ahead. Out, find out a way. Oh, everybody's going to be talking about this one. Find out a way to get on national TV. Um, I'm amazed. I also uh, read one of the interviews with the players from who was initially recruited by them at 15 years old, who they had them stay in a hotel. Apparently, the coach is charged for fraud for writing bad checks, but she says, I'm totally not surprised because he never paid for that hotel. They stayed there for like four or five months. Half of the players left because they wasn't even going to school. Um, there was no school part of it. They were just playing football. They didn't have practices. They just went to games. Yeah. So shockingly, they didn't. They weren't able to stand up to IMG, who roots some of the best kids in the country and sends them all over the country to D1 programs. And uh, you know, who knew that they were going to play two games in three days with 19 to 20 year olds and their quarterback looks like he's 35 has a slight peach for his mustache <laughs> and you know switch numbers so he could play two days in the same uh so he could play two games to three days at quarterback and then switch to linebacker in high school yeah it's kind of nice. and also shout out to uh shout out to uab for finally getting a real football stadium i'm proud of y'all looks like y'all gonna end up being ranked this year probably won another conference usa title and I'd like to shout out the Kansas football team. Hope you guys can win the Big 12 and beat, just kind of ruin Texas and Oklahoma's year by just coming close to beating them. You don't actually have to win, you just have to scare them. And shout out to Iowa State. I'm hoping you guys run the table and win the Big 12 this season. Go ahead, Malik. So you took my Bishop Sycamore shout out. I won't, I won't, I won't expound too much on that one. Um, but I'll just say, I mean, I've been trying to get on ESPN for, you know, for the better part of 25 years. And I, I did not even realize that if I just like recruited a bunch of people from Harlem and uh, they have players, a bunch from, of every, players from Harlem, they have players from, yeah, every, they, from all the five all boroughs. The boroughs. Yes. Yeah. Boroughs. Yeah. If all I had to do was get, 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 get a bunch of players from the five boroughs who play like, you know, flag football, who play like rough touch in the street. Uh, and <laughs> And that's that's all I needed to do to get them on to get to get us on TV. Uh, yeah, it was brilliant, brilliant. Um, but my my shout out, my my other shout out goes to uh, Mr. Cam Newton. Um, look, this was the biggest uh, release of the season of this season to go from being uh, everybody's favorite, you know. Uh, quarterback to pick up in fantasy football for the last, you know, for, for, for a number of years. I mean, because of what he did as a runner. Oh, yeah. For what, what he did as a runner, what he did as a passer, you know, carrying his team. When he, when, when Mac Jones got drafted, everyone knew 
that at some point Mac Jones was going to be was going to take over and be the starting quarterback of the New England, New England Patriots. But everybody believed that there was that 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 time wasn't going to be right right away. That Cam Newton would come in, he would you know play he would play well, and he would hold off the rookie just long enough for him to resurrect his career. Well, he might get a chance to resurrect his career, but it won't be in New England. Cam is out. He's gonna. He's looking for other work and other opportunities. I wish him the absolute best. But my shout out is to him because you got out of New England, man. I, I don't think anybody wants to be there. I think they go there because they have to. They don't have much of a choice. And Bill Belichick calls and you listen. So I, I think Cam Newton's glad to be gone. He's very happy to leave. And um, <laughs> I think he's gonna get a fresh start somewhere else, and maybe get an opportunity to win to win on a on a you know championship caliber team maybe back up um back up a, a veteran pittsburgh call him up uh i think i think if if something happens to big ben uh Dwayne haskins is not the answer get yourself some cam newton you know put put in put in something there and i would love to see cam newton and the pittsburgh steelers in, in a pittsburgh steelers uniform running that offense so really i think it would be interesting you i think, think it'd be very interesting than Dwayne haskins Oh, he's definitely a better option than Dwayne Haskins. I don't mm-hmm. think he's better than I don't think he's better than Big Ben, but I don't know that Big Ben is able to hold up for the entirety of the season. So to have Cam Newton handing the ball off to Najee Harris with that receiving core that he has, that receiving core that they have they have there in Pittsburgh yeah. and that defense playing behind it, I think that's I think it could be it can be really, really uh, some really fun, fun times in the AFC North. So that's what I'm hoping for. But shout out to Cam. You got out of New England. Congratulations. I'd like to see Cam Newton in Detroit or Denver or the Raiders. Those three teams actually make sense for him. I don't think Detroit's going to go after him. Oh, because they would actually win some games? Is that why? They're trying they like to Jared Goff. They really like Jared Goff. Do they really? Is that what they've said? Because he hasn't played one snap in the preseason. No. Yeah, that's what that's what they said. And, you know, and Jared Goff is already predicting. Jared, shout out to Jared Goff because he's predicting that the Lions will win the division. Like that's a prediction. Yeah, he actually in, said that. He actually said it. To the public. Yeah, into to the public, like into the world. He put that out there in the world. In 12 years, Matthew Stafford never said anything like that, never said anything that bold. Jared, Jared, Jared Goff has been there for you know for all of you know six months, and he's like, oh, we're gonna win the division. I think it's I think that's gonna happen. Um, I don't believe him. Um, the Lions are currently have currently the lowest projection uh, projected win total in the entire added, NFL at five came this year. They added. Yeah. Game. Yeah. And so they're over under right now is five. Um, I have said on this podcast that I would take the under. Um, but if Jared Goff is right, if Jared Goff is right, then uh, hey, maybe you maybe maybe I shouldn't be watching Sam Howell so uh, so intently um, because if Jared Goff is right, then Jared Goff is the quarterback of the future for the Detroit Lions. But that's it. Wow. Yeah. That's a scary thought. <laughs> mm. And oh, shout out to CJ Shroud, the new starting quarterback who skipped his senior season in high school to go play quarterback at Ohio State and has already landed a $1.2 million deal endorsing, uh, was it endorsing uh, playing cards or signing cards? No, sports cards. Sports, sports cards, cards company. Yeah. And also a kombucha deal out of Texas, out of his hometown. So who needs Texas high school football? You can go play for Ohio State. You know, why go to UT? You know, because they're going to be in the SEC anyway, so they can win five games for the next decade. No, I'm going to go to Ohio State, play for some titles, go to the Big Ten, a real conference. Anyways, we out.
Later.